the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. As we head into hour three, we've put a lot on the table. I'm going to add a little more. Uh, we were talking a little bit about mandates. Steve from Tempe was calling in and wanted to weigh in on the mandates issue as well. Steve, thank you for your patience. Are you there? Steve? Yeah. Yeah, hi. Yeah, hi. Sorry. That's all right. Yeah, thanks for uh, holding me over. You bet. Yeah, um, what that's one of the things I wanted to talk about related to the the uh, mandates on the vaccine. You know, I think that one of the things that was interesting is last weekend I went to the ASU football game. And I didn't, and, I, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, I didn't see a single person wearing a mask. And you're seeing football games all over the country on Saturday and Sunday that are packed and nobody's wearing masks. And the thing that's interesting about that is, um, isn't it interesting how Fauci and company haven't said anything or, or condemned or come down on, you know, what they would normally classify as super spreader events like, like those football games. They haven't made any comments at all about them. And my personal opinion about the reason why they haven't is that um, they know that Americans in big numbers love football. And if these guys are going to start coming down and condemning football fans for going to stadiums and not wearing masks, they know what's going to happen to them politically in doing that. So the silence on that, I, I just think, is very interesting. How they're they're not really mentioning uh, those as being, you know, quote unquote, super spreader events like they've done in the past to, you know, Republican gatherings during the during the, uh, the leading up to the election and all these other events. And I, I just think that um, that this whole thing as it relates to the mandates, is going to backfire on them big time. I mean, they can force people and they can force hospitals and they can force corporations to have their employees vaccine by fining them and not contributing to them and, and whatever. And, and that, that can potentially work for them in the short term, but in the long term it's going to, it's going to come back on them big time. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, Steve. And I think the one thing that um, I would disagree with, and you would probably agree with my disagreement, is it's okay to do it with and I, you know, private corporations and, and airlines, etc. I don't think it is. But what's weird about it, and I think you agree with me on that. But what's weird about it is that some of these companies are ahead of the federal government. 
there, there, the mandate doesn't it, it, it exists in ver in 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 Joe Biden's uh, microphone and 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 uh, and this and the and the sound system exclusively. The mandate has not been deployed yet. Right. Corporations have not been told this is the OSHA regulation. They're out ahead in front of this. And it's entirely likely it's all going to be held unconstitutional anyway. You're right about the sports teams, by the way, the professional athletic teams. And it's an important it's a crucially important point you're making, Steve. It reminds me of something the great scholar David Gelernter out of Yale once wrote, which is kind of hauntingly true. Why in America do we not require the NBA or the NFL to engage in affirmative action hiring policies? And he answered, because in America, we take sports seriously. That's a haunting answer. It's a haunting answer. But it goes to what you're saying. And and Seth, what what I'm saying about that, and I guess the point I've been trying to to make is that – Games and football, in particular, is 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 big time, big time America. I mean, we have there are millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of football fans, and uh, I I just, I just think the silence of theirs on that as it relates to what's been going on. Because, like I said, Seth, I went to that football game Saturday night. I didn't see a single person wearing a mask. I mean, it wasn't a a packed house like there were at other stadiums around the country, you know, for bigger teams and, and whatnot. But um, um, I just there, there nobody was wearing masks, and I I've watched a number of games on TV, and you don't see anybody wearing masks at those games, and the, and the um, the stadiums don't require it, teams don't require it. Do the stadiums the not? Do the stadiums it. not require proof proof of vaccination? No, they don't. Okay. I was under the impression nope. maybe they did, but okay. Nope. Okay. Not, not that I know of. I, mean, I, I, mean, I can't say that as a, as a blanket uh, statement, because, but I would be very surprised if any stadiums required that because you'd, you'd hear about it for sure. Well, and, it would certainly be true of anything in New York, wouldn't it? It would certainly uh, be true. This, this, This is an issue, right, where... Where these play, I know of it more through the NBA, where these players are kind of running into the buzzsaw of places like uh, the Golden State uh, Warriors. Uh, are they still the Warriors? I, th- I think of them as Golden State. Golden State Warriors. Um, you have who do you have? You have Beal, you have Wiggins, and you have Isaac representing in order what the Wizards. Uh, Wiggins is with Sacramento or whatever the Golden State team is, <laughs> yeah, wherever they are now. And uh, yeah. and who was the last one? I said Isaac. He's from Florida, believe it or not. Orlando. Right? Yeah, Orlando. Orlando. Yeah, yeah. So I think the buzz saw they're running into is how their um, refusal to vaccinate will play out. Certainly, it's not a problem right now in Florida, but in places like California and New York, it certainly is because you can't go in anywhere without proof of vaccine in some cases, in some of those cities, right? Yeah, that's, and Seth, that's a good point. I mean, I when I say no stadiums require that, um, maybe they do. I, I don't know. I mean, the New York, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me 
if that was a requirement, but I, I think we, we would be hearing about that if you actually had to hand them a, a certificate that showed that you've been vaccinated to get into the, the football stadium. I just... Um, well, you would in New York, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. But but uh, the point the point is, um, I think this this is like a. I, I think what we're seeing right now is people are tired of the of the lockdowns. Of course they of, are. Tired of the requirements. Of course they they're, are. They're tired of the mandates. Yep. And and th- and watching those football games and seeing those full stadiums, seeing nobody wearing masks, is is almost like a well. It is. It's a statement in itself that we're sick of this, and we're not. We're not going back to the way it was. Uh, I hope you're right. Uh, I really hope you're right. Here's here's what's so interesting about how fast the culture can change. Here's what's interesting. You know, we grow up. I think Steve, you and I have met. We're about the same age. I think that. Let me put it this way: We grew up obviously with none of this, none of this, and it would be odd to us. Up until last year, I suppose, if we saw someone and then now multiples of people wearing masks in places of congregation, whether it's a concert, a sporting event, you name it, it would have been odd up in, uh, uh, up from basically our entire life until January of 2020. It would have been odd to see a lot of people wearing masks. If they wore a mask, we would have thought that odd. We would have wondered what's going on here. Is there a flu outbreak I don't know about, a West Nile virus, you name it. Is something going on? Not West Nile because it transmits a different way. But, you know, is, the, is there some kind of epidemic I don't know about? We would have, That's what our thought process would have been. We went through a, a what's now basically a year and a half, uh, not quite a year and a half, a little less than a year and a half of getting numb to masks getting numb to seeing masks, accepting it, absorbing it, thinking this might be the new normal, at least for a while. And now, now, of a sudden, seeing no masks is noticeable. Seeing no masks is newsworthy and remarkable. That's interesting, and it shows you how fast the left can change the culture when they want to. It shows you something frightening. It shows you how fast people can get used not to decadence, which is its own problem, but to tyranny, which is a bigger problem. Thanks for that, Steve. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Jeff is in Phoenix. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Seth, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. Hey, uh, just talking about this mandate thing and what um, uh, it's kind of awesome, I think, that this is all happening because um, it's really showing everybody's true colors. So it's going to expose everyone one way or the other until the end. So um, but what I'd like to say is, you know, each individual is going to have to come to a point. The previous caller was talking about it. You're all, Everybody's going to have to come to a point where they say, uh, I will either conform or I will comply. There will be some point where there's a stand they're going to have to make one way or the other. And um, 
Did you say, I just wanted to make sure I understood you right. Did you say, I will conform or I won't comply? Is that how you put it? Right. I will conform to what the narrative is or I will not, I will not comply. Got it. I I missed the negative. That's all. My bad. Go ahead. Okay. Right. I probably was speaking too fast. Okay. Um, so that's really what it comes down to. And I, and I hope just like we've, I've said on here and you've referenced to my note and that's why I reference it. I hope it's not to the, at the point where we have to hear people screaming, where people will decide, oh my God, I don't, I think I'm on the wrong side of this equation. Because like you, I, there was a famous person that said, that's how he knew when he heard the screams that that was the, uh, Whitaker Chambers, that's right. They always hear the screams. The ex-communists yeah. always talk about the screams. One night they heard the yeah. screams. Yeah, Whitaker Chambers exactly. in witness. You bet. Know something. Yep. It's real. It's, this is actually real evil. Mm-hmm. Evil is here, and I can't ignore it anymore. And I'll tell you, we were talk, you're just a, you were talking about the thing with the football games and all this. Um, there's a concert that's going to happen in November here with uh, several Aaron Lewis, um, Big and Rich, and some other people, a prominent conservative is putting this concert on yes dr branch i'm going to speak with him about it tomorrow on air you bet yes okay so uh, i've emailed them and they emailed me back sent me a good email back but when you go on and this has to do with probably a lot of these football games as well when you go on to buy a ticket they just have this blatant or uh, the this um not blatant um standard prominent or standard okay Uh that you're going to say that you either had the shot or that you have had a negative test, blah, 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 Who's blah. Who's requiring that, the, 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 the venue itself? Exactly, the yeah. venues, the people selling the tickets. Yeah. So, in essence, what it seems to me, and this is why I wrote them the email, I said, hey, listen, this, I want to come to this concert. I love these artists you're bringing here. I love what they stand for. But as far as my faith goes, when I pull up to buy tickets, they're asking me to lie to get a ticket. Do they? I, I, I'm curious. Do you know, Jeff, if they have an option to test on site for free? I went to uh, this concert the other day uh, at the Celebrity Theater, the Monkees, and uh, you had to be vaccinated or freely test on site. The irony of it was that if you test freely on site, if you test on site and you're negative, you know, and they give you your results in whatever it takes, five minutes or ten minutes or whatever. If you test negative and go into that stadium or in that theater, or in my case, concert, I guess, celebrity theater, if you test negative and go in, you are being more protective of your fellow citizens than if you just blithely had a vaccine three, four, five months ago. Because you know you don't have it if you tested clean. Whereas with the vaccine, we don't know whether you got it or not. Right? This, this is the irony of it. Those not vaccinated I, and doing the free test are being more cognizant of the public health of their fellow citizens than those who are vaccinated. I'm pretty sure they didn't say in their thing that they're going to be tested. You Interesting. To, you okay. have to agree that you took a negative test and this and that. If you're underage, I don't remember the whole literature, but yeah. basically it was asking me to do something. I, I appreciate your do. point. Uh, Jeff, you're not. I, 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 I can't argue every, with your point. So my whole thing with that is, even with what you were saying, you could go in there. So who's saying that the person that's giving you the free test didn't have the vaccine, and they are carrying COVID, and as they're giving you the free test and you test negative, you've just got it, and you're gonna, in three, four days you're going to have it. I presume I mean, those giving the tests are, are clean, but I don't know. You're right. 
I don't How know. do you know? Yeah, well, I presume. I presume. They, they probably, I mean, I think the protocols well, to, to administer that. I would that. say the pro- I don't mean to offend here anyone, but the, we presume, we as conservatives, we have people, we as people out here allowing these people in our government to do these things, we presumed a lot. Jeff, they have and said nothing. The they have said nothing about this or Afghanistan or the border, the three biggest issues in front of us. That warrants belief in what they have to say. They have said nothing that makes us trust them. They have said so, nothing that has held true on a major point. Nothing. So, Seth, I have, I have a question. So, and absolutely right on this. You're absolutely right. So, my question. So, is, why why do we believe them? Right. I mean, this is this is the no, part no, no, of hes- I'll give you all the time you want. Let me just them. make this point. This is the part of hesitancy people don't seem to get appreciate at the federal level. It is by very dint of the federal officials telling us things that weren't true with zero humility. They didn't say maybe. They didn't say are thinking today and it could change. They didn't do any of that. They told us absolute right and wrong what had to be done. Fauci had said, when you're listening to me, you're following the science. He said that under oath, only to be proven wrong again and again and again. I want to make the point that to the degree there is hesitancy, where and when has the federal government looked themselves in the eyes and asked, what role do we have to play in building distrust amongst the American people? Because the answer is almost all of it. Sorry, I just had to get that point off. Go ahead. Absolutely, Seth, and this is the, this is the whole thing. No one up there is accountable for anything. This, these, we've had some of the worst catastrophes, the worst mismanagement, the worst in the last year or this last whatever month, so many months than we've ever, this country's ever seen in its life. And it, so you have to wonder how can something be so screwed up or is this some sort of plan to make it so screwed up? But anyway, but anyway so we go to this point where we're like, who is going, my thing is, and this is what I think about, I see everything happening out there and I don't see any of these agencies, I don't see any of these entities that I can put a trust in. Who 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 protects us as American citizen now? This is this is the constitutional this is the constitutional crisis we have right now. This is the real constitutional crisis, Jeff. When people stop believing in the um, in the veracity and goodness of their government, when they stop believing in that, you've lost everything. You've lost everything. What are you pledging allegiance all, to? All, what are you pledging allegiance I can, to? I pledge allegiance to my constitution, yep. but I don't see my government following it. That's right. I pledge allegiance to my flag, which means everybody is inclusive that was in this country or however you want to. We have, whatever system we decide on, we vote on and make laws on. Not what some guy says, I'm going to make a mandate. That's dictatorship. Yes, it is. Flat out. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. And in a better country... In a better time, I believe it would be subject for impeachment. In a better country and a better time. But we aren't in a better country at a better time. We're in a country that impeaches presidents for making phone calls to allies. Not presidents for allowing their Joint Chiefs of Staff to undermine civilian control of the military. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Oh, maybe we keep that. 
Maybe we keep that. Randy doing Roger Miller. I know it's a country song, um, but I was thinking about how conservative that song actually is. Um, he's talking about smoking a cigar. I think that's a, I think that's a, that's a conservative thing, smoking a cigar. Um, how about this lyric? Third boxcar, midnight train, destination Bangor, Maine, old worn-out suit and shoes. I don't pay no union dues. That sounds pretty conservative to me. I smoke old stogies I have found. Why is Bangor in the news to me? Why is this song relevant? I was saying earlier, you know, in pertinence to what our previous caller Jeff was just saying, things you can't believe, uh, things I have been documenting that we have been told that don't last for more than two months, I have changed that to haven't lasted more than a month. Now we're within weeks. Now we're within weeks. Northern Light Health is, uh, is I think, the largest integrated health system in Maine. They run 10 hospitals in Maine. I mentioned this earlier. Uh, on September 2nd, that's still this month, September 2nd, the huge headline, the huge headline, 94% of COVID-19 patients in the care of Northern Light Health Hospital are unvaccinated. 94%. Bangor Daily News today, 30% of those with coronavirus being treated, the ICU Northern Lights 10 hospitals were vaccinated. We went from 94 to 70 within a month, within a month. The people that were citing you 99 and 90 plus percentages, I was shrugging my shoulders because I was just saying, you wait, you just wait, you wait a bit longer. Do you want to know? Why it takes 10 days for the CDC to update breakthrough hospitalizations and deaths. And why almost none of the states, public health, though they know this, public health websites, dashboards, document breakthrough hospitalizations and deaths. It's because it doesn't fit their narrative. The news is not good. They were happy to print it when it was 99%. Oh, in some cases it's now 70 and getting lower. So we'll stop printing the news. This is not news you can use because it is not news useful to us. That's the world you live in. Joshua's in Gilbert. Hi, Joshua. Hey, Seth. Thanks for taking the call again. I you bet. It. Um. I called once before about the Supreme Court. Uh, just real quickly, I heard um, on the, his podcast a gentleman uh, named Tim Poole. You might have heard of him before. I have. Why have I? I, I know the name. Yeah. Yeah, fan- fantastic podcast. Um, uh, anyway, he had a gentleman on uh, talking about uh, why he felt the Supreme Court didn't take a lot of the uh, election cases last year. And he basically said that in his, in his mind, um, it's because the Supreme Court has something called soft power. Um, basically, the Supreme Court is, you know, funded by Congress, and that's it. You know, they don't have a, an enforcement force. Um, so when they, you know, put down a... Was it Andrew Jackson said they've made the decision, let them try and enforce it? Yeah, right? Okay. Yeah. So so basically, you know, they make a decision, and we just, uh, you know, being good citizens that we are, just, you know, decide to, you know, go along with right. it. Right. And um, just kind of goes along to the point that a lot of people, you know, their complaints about um, Chief Justice Roberts, that you know, he's an institutionalist, in that um, they were basically afraid 
um, that if they were to actually take these cases and really, you know, seriously look into this and possibly overturn the election, that they would lose whatever soft power they have. And at that point, most of the, you know, half of the country would just see the Supreme Court is, you know, null and void at that point. And Roberts just can't really let that go. So even though he might not agree with some of the decisions he makes, he's protecting the court more than anything um, because, you know, if, if, if that happens, um, then basically no one's going to ever listen to the Supreme Court again or just see them as crooked or, you know, look to pack them again. So just I thought that was an interesting and just thought I'd see what you thought about No, that. I, I do. I haven't heard the term soft power and the Supreme – thank you for the call, Joshua. I haven't heard the term soft power in this and, and, and legal scholarship put together with the Supreme Court before, but I also have to tell you I haven't read – and kept up with a lot of the legal nonsense uh, in, that qualifies and considers itself scholarship over the last several years either. That having been said, my best guess is what they're talking about is that the Supreme Court, whether it's in con- judicial conference or in other ways, can flex its muscle. You bet. It's, it was, we started out, and that would be soft power, we started out, as Hamilton told us in Federalist 78, that the federal courts would be the the least powerful and least dangerous of the branches. Just to think about where we've traveled. Huh? Maybe the most now. That's upsetting. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. we got to get this one right. I've made mention of it in the first hour, and I've talked around it a little bit. keep threatening to do it. Let's do it here. Uh, will you please give us uh, Sister Hochul, Bill? This is uh, Governor Hochul of uh, New York State, the newly inaugurated governor of New York, speaking to a church on Sunday. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love but to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live Can you imagine if Ron DeSantis or Governor Abbott or, for that matter, Governor Ducey said, I'm signing this abortion legislation because God said so and it's what Jesus wants? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I don't know that a governor has ever said anything like that. But I do know that when Republicans and conservatives have stood up and said their conscience and their faith is what dictates their policies and their virtues, they are shut down as the next Ayatollah. If not, Google this phrase, a Taliban member of the Republican Party. Perfectly okay in this world, just so you understand what it means when conservatives are the away team, as I keep saying, the continued away team. The referees in the high culture think of us as the permanent away team. Perfectly fine 
for Reverend Al Sharpton and Reverend Jesse Jackson, or for that matter, Minister Louis Farrakhan, to fulminate on public policy based on the dictates of their conscience and the invocation of God as they see it and say it. Perfectly fine. Heck, Bill Clinton will get on a stage with Louis Farrakhan after hugging him, after all. But if you have a Mike Huckabee, or if you have a Pat Robertson, or you have any number of conservatives who say that they get their values and their faith and their compass on right and wrong from God. They are Ayatollahs and Taliban members. That's its own hypocritical problem and something we have to recognize in this world. It's not the biggest of the problems. The biggest of the problems is that there's another way to go that the left has completely eradicated. It's wrong. It's overstating that the left has done a really good job of eradicating and will eradicate further unless we do something about it. And that's the elimination of our political religion. That should be our guide, our political religion, which doesn't necessarily force you to do what the governor here is telling you, that you have to believe in God, and that if you believe in God, you have to get vaccinated. Why do I say the first part? Because she actually invoked the name Jesus. She's not only telling you belief in God, but what God? Whatever happened to our political religion? What am I talking about? This is what the left has eviscerated. This is what our schools have eradicated. It's what Lincoln spoke of. Lincoln was as familiar with the Bible as perhaps any other person elected to the presidency. And he put it this way. Let every American, every lover of liberty, every well-wisher to his posterity, swear by the blood of the revolution never to violate in the least particular the laws of the country and never to tolerate their violation by others as the Patriots of 76 did to the support of the Declaration of Independence, so too to the support of the Constitution and laws, let every American pledge his life, his property, and his sacred honor. Let every man remember that to violate the laws, to trample on the blood of his father, and to tear the character of his own and his children's liberty. Let reverence for the laws be breathed by every American mother to the lisping babe that prattles on her lap. Let it be taught in schools, in seminaries, in colleges. Let it be written in primers, spelling books, and almanacs. Let it be preached from the pulpit, proclaimed in legislative halls, and enforced in courts of justice, and in short, let it become the political religion of the nation. Let the old and the young, the rich and the poor, the grave and the gay, of all sexes and tongues and colors and conditions, sacrifice unceasingly upon its altars. We have a religion as a nation, whether you are 
Christian, Jew, whether you are a Muslim, whether you are, whatever you are, a Buddhist, we have a political religion in this country. George Washington understood it. James Madison understood it. Abraham Lincoln understood it. And it's the faith in our founding where we begin our country with the notion that there are self-evident truths, not opinions, but truths, and that we are endowed, endowed by our Creator, not by the government, but by our Creator, with inalienable rights, things we don't and can't give up. And it comes from a different law called the natural law, that's what Thomas Jefferson was talking about when he spoke of the laws of nature and nature's God. Now you know why they don't want you to study 1776. Now you know why they don't want you to study Madison. Now you want to know why they don't want you to study Jefferson and Washington. Because to study them is to love what they loved. You can't know something you don't love. So what has the left done? They've turned them into objects of hate. They've turned our founding into an object of hate. Now, if you can't know something you don't love or love something you don't know, it works either way. If you don't love something you don't know, think about where hate comes in. Think about that for a moment. Get rid of 1776. What are you left with? We'll be right back. Oh, Liebson, you're saying natural law, really? Is that what we have to go back to? It's kind of kind of difficult to discern, is it? Our founders didn't think so. Jefferson didn't think so. Wilson didn't think so. Madison didn't think so. Hamilton didn't think so. Go back and read Federalist 31. Maybe we close the show with it from Alexander Hamilton. He understood it. In disquisitions of every kind, there are certain primary truths or first principles upon which all subsequent reasonings must depend. These contain an internal evidence which, antecedent to all reflection or combination, commands the assent of the mind. Where it produces not this effect, it must proceed either from some defect or disorder in the organs of perception or from the influence of some strong interest or passion or prejudice. Take note, New York. Of this nature are the maxims in geometry that the whole is greater than its part. Things equal to the same are equal to one another. Two straight lines cannot enclose a space and all right angles are equal to each other. Of the same nature are these other maxims in ethics and politics that there cannot be an effect without a cause, that the means ought to be proportioned to the end that every power ought to be commensurate with its object, that there ought to be no limitation of power destined to affect a purpose, which is itself incapable of limitation. And there are other truths in other sciences, which if they cannot pretend to rank in the class of axioms, are yet such direct inferences from them and so obvious and so agreeable to the natural and unsophisticated dictates of common sense that they change the assent of a sound and unbiased mind with a degree of force and conviction almost equally irresistible. You know it when it's wrong, folks, because it's written in your hearts. 
Maybe we could make a musical out of that, Hamilton. Our country could use it right now. Until tomorrow, class is dismissed. And the saying I like to give you these days, of yourself for God, make a pleasant habitat in which to dwell. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.